Week 5 in the NFL, that's right, we're already there. I am going to reveal my Week 5 Power Rankings. Plus, Le'Veon Bell possibly returning in Week 7 or Week 8. I am about to go off on that situation. Plus, is Patrick Mahomes already a quote-unquote great quarterback? Should the Dallas Cowboys want Des Bryant back? And what are realistic expectations for the Los Angeles Lakers this season. It's all that and more in a jammed NFL and NBA podcast that starts right about now. Come on in the Sports 6 Podcast. I am your host, Nick Friend, here on a Wednesday. Come on in, and it is Wednesday, which means it is time for three minutes on the clock in my Week 5 NFL Power Rankings, starting with number one in the clear and obvious best team in the league at this point, staying at the same spot as last week and the week before. It is the Los Angeles Rams. I said it last week, it's this three-week period of time where they play the Vikings and then they go on the road to two teams struggling but always tough environments at Seahawks, at Broncos to prove to me that they're the real deal. They're already a third of the way there. Their offense looks unstoppable. And at this point, they're kind of the New England Patriots of past seasons. Like, not only are they the best team in the NFL, you look at it and you're like, it's not even close. They should win the thing unless they screw it up for themselves. So I'll say this. How about them Rams? I like that a lot better than how about them Cowboys. I'll just say that. Number two, staying at the same spot as well, the Kansas City Chiefs. First and foremost, if you're thinking, man, it would be awesome to see the Chiefs and the Rams play, I'll remind you we're going to be blessed with that opportunity on November 19th in Mexico. But... Patrick Mahomes looks incredible. I'm going to get to him in a full segment here coming up in just about four minutes. Now, on the flip side, why their offense looks great, I'm still concerned about their defense long-term, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Right now, they're number two. Number three and moving up three spots is the New Orleans Saints. Their offense continues to look good. They're getting Mark Ingram back. Their defense against the Giants still didn't look great, but looked better. And they look a little closer to the team that I thought they would be at the beginning of the season. My only concern at this point is you look at their schedule. It is brutal. They play the Redskins this this week. Next week at the Ravens. The week after that at the Vikings. The week after that Rams at Bengals. Home versus the Eagles. It's like, my gosh, they don't get a break. Number four moving up a spot is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who at this point are a good team, okay? I hope we can all recognize that. They are a good team at this point, and good teams are going to beat up on a team like the New York Jets right now. The problem is they play the Chiefs next week. (laughs) I'll just say that, which is actually a really intriguing matchup, and I am fascinated to see that. I just continue to say it every week. I know I do. If only they had a good quarterback. Number five, moving down one spot is the Minnesota Vikings, who lost to the Rams. It's that defense. And defensive coordinator George Edwards or head coach Mike Zimmer, they need to be looked at and they need to look at their defense. They went from being number one last year in defense to bottom 10 right now. They stink. And that's inexcusable. Number six, moving down three spots is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm starting to question if their close game luck that they had last year 
being 7-2 in one-possession games, is running out. Number seven staying at the same spot is the New England Patriots. Like, meh. You, you did something that you've done 13 times in a row, literally, which is beating the Miami Dolphins at home. Number eight, also staying at the same spot, is the Cincinnati Bengals, who I'm almost tempted to say are the real deal. I know, I know, it's crazy. It's a concept that we're all not used to, and it's one that I can't be used to, and why I didn't move them up is because they still have Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton at the helm. Number nine, not ranked last week, is the Baltimore Ravens. Folks, I'm just going to tell you, in two weeks... They're going to beat the Browns. They're going to beat the Titans, and they'll be 5-1, and one, and people will be like, oh, okay. And I'll be like, yeah, this is why I picked them to win the division. Number 10, moving down one spot, is the Green Bay Packers. Winning 22-0 to zero against the Buffalo Bills might as well be a loss, and it's the same thing every year with the Green Bay Packers at this point. Great quarterback. Not even a good team. Now, two minutes on the clock. Le'Veon Bell is reportedly going to come back after the Pittsburgh Steelers by week, somewhere in around there, return in week seven or eight. What the hell are you doing, Le'Veon? I mean, seriously. And this is coming from somebody who has supported Le'Veon Bell and everything that he's doing. I've sat here right at this very desk and said time and time again, I approve of what Le'Veon Bell is doing. But I approved of it because he seemed to be all out. And when you are holding out, you either need to be all in or all out. All out. And what I mean by that is just accept that you're underpaid and hope that it works out the next season and just show up or truly and actually hold out for as long as possible. None of this middle crap because this middle crap is why guys continue to get underpaid. Did you not just see what happened to old Thomas Le'Veon Bell? Oh, wait, I know you did because you commented under an Instagram picture of that saying this is why you're willing to be the quote-unquote bad guy is so that way players get guaranteed money. Holding out for only half the season is not good enough. That's not going to get your coworkers to get more guaranteed money. And it's holdouts like this that drive me crazy. I have no problem with players holding out, especially of the Aaron Darnold, especially of the Le'Veon Bell and Earl Thomas type. But if you're going to hold out, hold out. And if you aren't going to fully hold out, then don't complain. I'm sorry, it's that simple to me. This is why you failed at negotiating the CBA. Is because you hold out, you say you want something, but at the end of the day, you cannot hold out long enough or use your leverage long enough to actually get the leverage that you say you want so badly. So Le'Veon, if you're going to return, I don't want to hear the money crap because the bottom line is you could have held out until week 11. Because the details of that are, if you held out past week 11, then the Pittsburgh Steelers could have literally just used the uh, franchise tag rather that they used on this year for next year. But if you returned week 11, they couldn't do that. You would have forced them to tag you a third time, which would have been a boatload of money, which they were unlikely to do, and then you would have been a free agent. So why the hell you're coming back earlier, especially with what you said publicly, makes 0.0 sense to me. Patrick Mahomes, two minutes on the clock. He's already being called a great quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is already being called a great quarterback. And sometimes I literally just want to slap some sense into NFL fans. 
I, I, I really do. Because it's baffling to me how we make the same mistake over and over and over again. It's the same thing. Because Patrick Mahomes has been great. I am not denying that. There is no way in hell you can deny that. What I am denying is that people are calling him a good or great franchise quarterback. You cannot make that judgment after four games. That's the bottom line. If you want to make the judgment after four games, then go ahead. He's on pace for 4,800 yards, 56 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Might as well call him God because that's not going to happen. Breaking news. But my real frustration is why we do this over and over again. Did we not call Dak very good to great at times in the beginning? Did we not all buy in on Derek Carr just to have him look shaky at best over the past season and a half? Did many of us not completely count out Jared Goff after one year until we got a new competent head coach? Did many of us go all in on Deshaun Watson until he had surgery and hasn't looked the same since? The answer to all of that is yes, we did. We're talking about a guy who's played five games in the NFL for this season and hasn't faced a top 10 defense. Hasn't faced a top 10 defense. And by the way, next week, you get a top 10 defense. You get the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'll get tested. I'll be proven right. You'll be proven wrong. That's the good news. But what I'm just baffled by is the contradiction within NFL fans as well. Like a couple of years ago when Dak was doing his thing, it was, well, Dak's doing his thing because he has weapons and he has a good offensive line and he has weapons to throw to and he's just a product of that system. Well, then why aren't we saying the same thing about Patrick Mahomes? Because he arguably has a better support system. He has a good offensive line. He has Kareem Hunt. He has Tariq Hill. He has Travis Kelsey. Do you need me to go on? Because I can. I just, I, this whole thing to me is, I, I get the hype, he looks great, but there's a difference between saying he's had a great four games and saying he's going to have a great career. 60 seconds on the clock for Des Bryant. Reportedly, not even reportedly, saying on Twitter he wants to play for the Dallas Cowboys but will be ready to play for anybody. Should the Cowboys want him back? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do we have short-term memory over what this guy was? He hasn't had a 1,000-yard receiving season since 2014. He's turning 30 in a month. You want to deal with the trouble that he is for a non-1,000-yard receiving season and for a wide receiver that's 30 years old? You go ahead and do that on your own time because if I was the Cowboys, I would have no interest. And it seems like they have no interest. And I don't think... Dez is going to get a job. Like, I don't know if people are realizing that he legitimately at this point might have played his last game in the NFL unless there's a ton of injuries at the position and then somebody will make a desperation move. But right now, I, I don't see it happening. But then again, I will say this. You know, it would be the most Cowboys move ever for them to end up signing him. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen? Now let's shift to the NBA. I'm going to get to Kevin Durant here in two minutes. But right now, the Los Angeles Lakers asking the question I asked on today's show. What are realistic expectations for this team? People are underestimating them. People are underestimating the LA Lakers. Absolutely without a doubt. Most of the predictions I've seen, they're going to be between the 6th and the 8th seed in the West. And I look at that and I say, how dare you 
disrespect the GOAT. The LA Lakers will be top three in the Western Conference. I did not stutter. I do not even need to repeat it, but I am anyway. They are going to be top three in the Western Conference this year. Let me just say the locks. They're going to be better than the T-Wolves, no doubt about it. They'll be be better than the New Orleans Pelicans. Those two are locks. So therefore, we already have them at the number six seed. Let's go further up. They are extremely likely, likely, barring a ton of injuries or something not gelling in the locker room, to be better than the Denver Nuggets. They are extremely likely to be better than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they are likely to be better than the Utah Jazz. So that right there puts them as a top three team. And let me say this, they are also very possibly going to be better than the Houston Rockets, who got significantly worse this offseason, along with the T-Wolves. You, had a, you have a weaker uh, Western Conference this year. You have a, I would argue, significantly weaker Western Conference outside of the LA Lakers and their competition that exists. And yes, LeBron has no clear number two. And somebody's going to have to step up. But let me remind you, they do have Julius Randle. They do have Brandon Ingram. They do have Lonzo, Rondo, Kyle Kuzma, Catavius Codwell-Pope. They are pretty damn deep. And LeBron James is going to get those games that were close last season to wins. They lost 11 games by five points or less last season. And the average LeBron James team goes up 11 to 20 wins in their first season. This is going to be a 40 to 50 win team. Who is going to be a top three seed in the West? And you can mark my words on that. And lastly, 90 seconds on the clock, Kevin Durant making the following comments, quote, just to be honest on what he wants to do in free agency this season, then referring to his last free agency decision to go to the Golden State Warriors, quote, I was honest with my decision, but don't be ashamed to talk about why I decided to move teams and switch teams because it's not the end of the world. I didn't do anything against the laws. That's what I thought happened the first time. I thought I did something wrong, end quote. (sighs) Folks, It is absolutely baffling to see Kevin Durant this insecure. I will never be convinced otherwise that his first move wasn't a move that was just based out of insecurity and ego. And that that move to the Golden State wasn't just to fill that insecurity. And I will never be convinced otherwise that these quotes are completely and utterly insecure. And I'm even going to go here. Like, I think his inner circle needs to be looked at. How the hell can somebody who's so damn good at their job be this insecure? You got to look at the people around you. And I say that seriously. I mean that seriously on a real genuine level. Now from a basketball level, I think he's absolutely considering leaving the Golden State Warriors. I do. And I think it would be a move to prove to other people instead of himself, because we've been shown before he doesn't do any of these moves for himself, uh, but to show other people that he can win without the Golden State Warriors. So I absolutely don't doubt that it's a possibility. And on that note, that is the podcast. Earlier today, the SportsNick Show released, as always, on SportsNick.com and the YouTube channel. Tomorrow, it's more of the same. SportsNick Show podcast previewing Thursday Night Football, which will be fun this week. See you then.